Hey kids, it's your old pal Gorag the Slayer. How the hell you doing? Tonight's podcast is brought to you by LoneStarButtons.com. That's right, LoneStarButtons.com. Make your custom button design a reality. Lone Star Buttons offers their custom buttons in different sizes and shapes. Anything you want to do, I'm sure they can help you out. Because they don't just do buttons, they do all kinds of shit. Bottle openers, keychains, zipper handles, whatever the hell those are called, magnets. I think they're going to surprise you. Anyway, to get in touch with Lone Star Buttons, you can email info at LoneStarButtons.com or you can call the owner direct. His name's Adam Stimpy Jones and he'll answer his phone 24-7, 7 days a week. I might be lying about that, but just in case. Call him at 281-798-1996. Tell him Gorak sent you and you want to suck in his hairy tits. Consider that the secret phrase to get some free buttons thrown in. We're also brought to you by Jessica Martinez, agent of insurance. Jessica Martinez can quote you for life insurance, auto insurance, homeowner's insurance, renter's insurance, and she'll do it with a smile on her face. Just call her at 713-298-1985. Save yourself some money. Also, if you want to send in any info you want to the show, if you want to take part in any way, add us on Facebook, Revenge of the World Podcast. But other than that, you can email us directly at rotwpodcast at gmail.com. Send us news stories, urban legends, friend questions, pro tips, whatever you want us to know. We'll read it, absorb it, and turn it into something useful. Also, I know I don't do this too often, but I just want to thank the listeners who are participating in the show, because it makes it a lot more fun. Not only for us, but I'm sure the listeners get a kick out of it too. Also, thank you for sharing the show during the live feed, Mr. Dieter, Birch, and Rodriguez appreciate it wholeheartedly. Now, without further ado, coming to you pre-recorded live from Atomic Age Studio in beautiful Pasadena, Texas. It's the Revenge of the World podcast with your hosts, Gabe, Google Me Dieter, and bitchin' Brennan Birch. Okay. You tangled up? Yeah. Wait, wait. Technical difficulties. <laughs> Controlled chaos strikes again. Always. Here we go. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, I'm your host, Gabe Dieter, and I'm here with Bitchin' Brennan Birch, and we got Benny Junko from Videosanctum.com. Yeah. What's up, dude? Not much. <laughs> we've, been, we've been small talking for about three minutes. Uh, so what's going on? <laughs> We're going to put you on the spot. <laughs> uh, well, you know, a lot of stuff. Uh, we just... On Friday, we just did our first. We partnered with uh, Civic TV Laboratories, yeah, right. uh, art space on Commerce in downtown. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, Terry Supreme, and he. Uh, I reached out to him probably three, four months ago. He was looking at doing some film stuff. I mentioned it, and, uh, so we got into the rotation on uh, Friday night. We screened two films from the seventies. So is that is that Video Sanctum's like main role is to like film? I mean, uh, screen stuff around. Well, town? that's. That's my dream. I mean, mm-hmm. you know. If I Why don't you tell everybody listening and watching uh, how it started out? Because you told me at, at Zine Fest where I met you. Which uh, part? How far back you want to go? Well, <laughs> you know what? I, I'm actually really interested because, like, I'm always interested to see how it is that people get into whatever their 
thing is, you yeah. know? So, like, when, when did you discover that you liked, you know, these kind of, like, strange, like, sci-fi horror exploitation films? You know, it, for me, it goes back to watching, like, the late, late movie mm-hmm. when I was six, seven, eight years old. Uh, I talked to, you know, I mentioned Billy Jack. That was one of the first times I saw it was, like, two in the morning. I snuck out of bed. and <laughs> On cable? No, 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 no. I lived in the sticks, man. Yes, yeah, so this uh, was, oh, okay. We, you know, I, I, Channel 13 I never, million dollar movie? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> okay. I, I, I never grew up, you know, in a house that had cable. Uh, and so just watching those films, you know, as, as a youngster, like I kind of learned what badass was and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I liked it and, uh, it, it goes pretty quickly. You learned how to drop kick. That, well, <laughs> I thought I did. You know, <laughs> I think, I, I think I went outside and, uh, first time I tried it in real life, it wasn't as easy. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it, it kind of dovetails into the video stuff from there because, mm-hmm. uh, the interesting thing about watching those movies when I was young is you don't realize you're watching something that has all the good shit cut out. You know, you're just right. You're just watching somebody kick ass, or or if it's you know a, a pooper, you know they're doing a bunch of stunts. And, mm, and yeah, you know when you're young, that's that's all you really had, or at least when I was coming up, you know you just had TV. So yeah. like when you went to school in the morning, uh, it was a pissing contest to who watched the most baddest shit on TV that night. Yeah. You know, and that's awesome. So I would go to school and I'd be like, oh, I saw this movie, and you know, and uh, it didn't really come out until because the town that I went to school in actually got cable. I lived out in a podunk area that never had it. Mm. Uh, and I started comparing notes with, you know, other stu- other kids in my class about movies. And I would, you know, I saw like Friday the 13th on TV. Mm-hmm. Did you see that part? And, and they would mention things that I didn't see. You know, yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah. What right. do you mean? I remember that. What do you mean an arrow came through his throat? I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's in, you know, Titties, what are those? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh. That's where cable kids got their uh, education. Exactly, you know. And, well, and so like with when when video came out, uh, I was the youngest of four. Uh, my oldest brother was ten years older than me. So when I was about eight or nine, he was old enough and was still living at home. So like, and he was always kind of a, a techie guy. He liked new shit, and mm-hmm. he came in one night with a, a big ass you know suitcase, threw it on the coffee table, and then opened it up. It's this VCR. You know? Oh wow! And uh, he got it hooked up, and I mean, it, I was thinking about it earlier today because you know that everybody talks about binge watching uh, shows on Netflix. Right. And, mm-hmm. You know, you find a season or something, you just watch it for a whole day, and you're done. Uh, but th- that's what it was like when video first came out. Mm-hmm. You know, because because he would he would do that. You had to rent the VCR by the week, so like forty bucks. Uh, if you broke it, you know, it was going to cost you the thousand yeah. dollar price tag. <laughs> Jesus cost, Christ. And, and you know, but so we'd had to be real careful. Don't you know, spill any cokes on it. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing like that. But uh, but you'd rent ten, fifteen movies at a, at a at a time, and you would just watch. Like that first time he brought that home, uh, we sat through no kidding, like ten movies back. To, we started at two in the afternoon, and and the thing is, you know, it's, it's it was a family affair, so he had to get like shit that mom and dad liked, you know, stuff that was safe for the for the kiddos, and because he probably only had one TV too, right? Yeah, yeah, we just yeah, had we yeah. just had the one TV, and uh, you know, I'm sure he had like some porn in the trunk of his car. He wasn't going to tell anybody about, but mm-hmm. <laughs> but like you know, everybody got like spun out. They're done. You know, after the sixth feature we watched, and uh, it's dark. It's like ten o'clock. He said, "You want to see uh, some horror flicks?" So he pulled out this copy of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, oh wow! And that that was like the first <laughs> horror film I saw uncut on VHS. You know, and, wow! Uh, it blew my mind. So mm-hmm. like uh, that was when I realized like video was the way to go because i you know i didn't have access to theaters uh and if i did you know my age i wouldn't have got in but uh and my folks are pretty conservative so like anything bordering you know too scary or gory Mm. or sexy like that was out of the question that's why the late late you know movie was always good because everybody's everybody's asleep you know right yeah Uh, 
actually have, I have a really specific memory of like watching one of those late late movies. I mean, this was like uh, <coughs> probably this was probably in like mid mid to late eighties. And I remember my cousins and I we were camping out in their backyard, and we had a TV that we'd somehow connected to like a car battery, <laughs> like with like a coat hanger. It was like a de- this thing was going to explode. It was a, a death trap. And we'd watched uh, they showed Phantasm and Kenny and Company back to back. And I remember for years, I thought those were the same movie <laughs> <laughs> because a lot of the same cast are in that movie. Oh, so shit. it like kind of overlaps and it was like two o'clock in the morning, which is the only time you should watch Fantastic. You're probably anyway. like nodding off. Yeah. And, seeing... and we're camping out in this backyard with this death trap TV, like watching this movie. And for years, I didn't know that those were two separate things until I saw Phantasm when I was like wow. 14. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's hard to separate sometimes. Yeah. 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 When you do uh, marathons, but you know, that, that was my first experience with like the horror you asked about horror exploitation like yeah and i fell in love with texas chainsaw massacre well, yeah. which you know it's, it's interesting because i've seen it numerous times mm-hmm. since then and then last year when they did the, the restoration i went and saw it in the theater and, yeah oh cool. uh, it never dawned on me that movie cause it was filmed you know just outside of austin and, and actually growing up i grew up about two and a half three hours north of here mm-hmm. uh, near Tawakany, texas where uh, they did film Don't Go in the Basement. But the rumor growing up was always that Texas Chainsaw Massacre was real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It happened in Tawakini, <laughs> and they filmed it in Tawakini. So I grew up... It's you know, always your hometown. Like, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, they filmed a scene well, in Pasadena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For me, it was always that, like, you know, some sketchy uncle in prison knew a guy that he, he was a cook <laughs> in the kitchen in Huntsville Prison, and he was Leatherface. Yeah, yeah. That was the story I had. Yeah. <laughs> But well, the thing is, though, rewatching it uh, just in the last couple of years, I realize, uh, you know, it, it the reason that movie I think stuck with me, it, and it, it was it's it's very rare. Like you know, you can watch a scary film and you can relate to anything scary if it's mm-hmm. in the dark or it's in the basement or it's up in the attic, whatever. Right. But in Texas Chainsaw Massacre, because it's filmed, I mean, where I lived wasn't too far from Austin, maybe a hundred right. miles. So. You had the same like native grass. You yeah. had the same type of roads. You had the same type of scenery, and, and so that that would basically look like your your bus trip to school in the it, morning. Yeah, it looked yeah. like it could happen, you know, <laughs> just out. And, and and actually, we knew. You know, I grew up knowing families that that lived uh, in that type of reclusive. Like mm-hmm. you didn't know what the hell they were doing. Right. They always had generators going. You know, you everybody stayed away. So like. I don't know. Uh, you know, I doubt they were killing people and, and cooking them up for barbecue. But right. but it was just there's always that possibility. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, so even today I look at TCO and I'm like, yeah, it could happen. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, wow. Uh, so how did you get into what was the next step? I mean, you went from watching movies to well, you know, the, the next really step, watching. Yeah, yeah. Well, well uh, so you know, fast forward. I, I've always been a film buff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always loved horror films, exploitation films. Uh, you know, I moved to Houston. Uh, actually, I went to Boston uh, in 2009. I went to grad school at Emerson College, mm-hmm. and I started writing for uh, the Grindhouse Cinema database. Right. So I was reviewing films and kind of just going over the catalog that I had already, you know, seen, and I was mm-hmm. rewatching some new stuff and and trying to help them build up a, a, a repertoire of like Grindhouse films. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, it, you know, if you haven't checked out that site and you're ever curious about 70s, you know, an exploitation film, it's uh, grindhousedatabase.com. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, you can see some writings by me. Can you move there. up on the mic a little bit? Just right. move up on the mic a little bit okay. just so we can pick you up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so so that's, you know, I started, like, hunting for films that I that I couldn't find. And, and, and I, in the interim, I'd moved to Houston. And, and this is, like, I'll, I'll talk about, you know, Audio Video Plus, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of Houstonians that there's tens of thousands of people that know about Audio Video Plus. They opened right. in uh, 1979, mm-hmm. 
they and they they ran strong until 2012. I mean, over mm-hmm. 30 years. Right. And you know, I discovered through the acquisition that we ended up doing, uh, they actually were one of the first video stores in the country. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. really? Wow. And 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 what what set them apart is you know more than and, and I mean it's you can't really I don't know you could say they're the first rental shop. I mean there was a lot of mom and pop because mm-hmm. video because of its price point uh, it was pretty much put into the market as a rental opportunity. Right. So if you had enough cash, you could buy the tapes for 80 bucks a piece and the machines for a thousand and you could rent them to families that couldn't afford that Mm -hmm. uh, for, you know, 40 bucks a week for the machine. And I remember those tapes being that expensive. Like uh, our local, you know, kind of video shop, they had these little catalogs. They would just put them on the counter. Yeah. And like, you would take them home and you'd be like, these tapes are $90. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were insane, you know? Uh, And I mean, it was such a new market. And so, uh, Audio Video Plus, when it was founded, it, it it set up as a retail store, and and the owners, you know, which I got to know very well, they said that was that was always their niche, even mm-hmm. in 2012. Because I asked her at one point, what you know, why she didn't? Because they never went to DVD, like most rental places, Blockbuster, all mm-hmm. of them. Uh, they just, you know, when the new technology came out, they just got rid of their old stock and mm-hmm. and replaced it with what people were renting then. And uh, she she told me that. She said, "We, you know, we never depended on rentals. Were just kind of like candy to sell things, you know. Right. So like they would sell the movies to people. And in Houston, uh, there's always been a pretty strong like conglomerate of film freaks that, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, it's not good enough just to go to you know the old Magic Johnson Theater and see it on the week it premieres. They, they want to like own it. They want to put it on a shelf. You know, they want to show it to their family, to right. their friends. You know, and it's uh." Right. So they always had this this retail enterprise, but uh, to, to continue is is I was looking for a film. Somebody had come onto a forum that I was in, and their father had two motorcycles that was in a movie that came out in 1973. And I I, I still can't remember the name of the movie, but I had never heard of it. And he said it's impossible to find, but I'm really looking for a copy. You know, I want to show my dad. Like, so his dad was just a biker that had two motorcycles, and the director was like, "Hey, can we use these bikes?" And he said, "Sure." And now the movie is you know out of print disappeared and so i thought you know if there's any place in the world that would have it uh it would be audio video plus and i went down there and th- they didn't have it you know <laughs> i mean i i, I remember the name at the time and and they you know i looked up some alternate titles they didn't have that so you know i probably one of five people that stumped audio video plus in the history of its of its run but nice. wow but what i did discover is that their whole front lobby which i had not really you know it's like when you see something on a shelf Year after year after year after year, you don't think about it much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it dawned on me that day. I kind of browsed around, and they had just VHS for miles. Like they just had tapes that were still brand new, still in their original packaging, right. and still priced like it was 1991. You know, so a lot of these tapes were 19, 30 dollars a piece, 15 dollars a piece, 10 dollars a piece. When something doesn't get played like that, does it melt or does it bind together at all? No, I mean that's a that's. You know that's a marketing myth. I would say uh, that was the big the big push on DVDs uh, and CDs before that. You know, it was like when well, your vinyl's going to warp mm-hmm. right, and, and your right, tapes right, are going right. to deteriorate. And the, the big number was twenty years; they disintegrate right, and right. turn to dust. Uh, I've got tapes that were put out in nineteen seventy eight mm. that still play. You know, just fine. Actually, uh, I just read an article uh, maybe a day or two ago where they were talking about that's supposed to start happening to CDs now. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's what? a disc deterioration. They're, they're saying it's uh, with, uh, mainly with CDRs, but uh, some of the newer CDs are not. They're supposed to be like you know, invulnerable to it, but older CDs and CDRs. It's more like yeah. anything that reads CDs is going away. Yeah. yeah. Other than the CDs themselves. Yeah, well, that, and that's, that's really the, the, the interesting, you know, with VHS, it's just in the last two years, uh, both Betamax and VHS players have been discontinued. Yeah. There was like one company in Japan that was still making them. Wow. Mm-hmm. And just in 20, it was, it was consecutive. It was like 2014 and 2015. <clears throat> they both announced that they, the last ones had left the line. So they're not making them anymore. Right. But I mean, you, you can go to any thrift store and there's you know, stacks of v- VCRs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Some of them work. Some of them don't, yeah. you know. Yeah. My sister actually got mine. Uh, she's a teacher at a junior high here in Pasadena and they were just throwing it out. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and that's the thing. You like, picked it up? you know, talking oh, about, oh, cool. talking about uh, things. Fall- I mean, what I've noticed you know, I've dealt with a lot of videotapes at this point, and, and like it's it's with anything. You know, when it's new, it's usually built solid. You know, it's built to last. Right. It's, it usually comes at a premium, so people aren't going to buy cheap shit. So, like when you're comparing a VHS tape that was released in 1978, I mean, it's it's like a Cadillac. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. like the, the the tape weighs you know pounds, not ounces. Right. It's right. Like sturdy. You know, you shake it. There's no rattle. But you know, once the market opened up, then you get faster and cheaper. So, mm-hmm. like when you start finding tapes that were put out in the '90s, uh, those are typically on EP. You know, they right? Barely will track. You know, if they've been in any kind of heat or, or moisture, they're usually covered with mold or something like that. But but it really depends on the condition in which they were stored. Right. And and you know the the benefit for like audio video plus they were open, they were in business for thirty years. So like you know they had the AC on the whole time, yeah, yeah, they had the heat on the whole forever. time. So like you had a moderate condition you know they they did have some some water problems uh but you know it, it, while they were open they always like kept that under you know under control so they had right. they knew where to put the pails you know when it rained <laughs> the and giant trash they would dump it out so yeah. like uh you know with with rare exception i mean there's there's always going to be some some outliers you know you you have a tape that maybe it was in the wrong corner at the wrong time and it got some moisture but uh but for the most part i've i've played hundreds of thousands of tapes from this collection uh, almost always you know it's you open it and it's brand new. wow so, so how did you go about acquiring that uh man song and dance you know yeah. I'm, a, I'm a deal man <laughs> okay no i uh well I, well so so that that began when i when i realized that they were still kind of maintaining this you know it had gone because like if you'd asked me 15 years you know 1995 if you wanted 1995 for a vhs tape like ah, you know i don't think so yeah. In, in 2000 definitely not but right. like this was around 2009 2010 and and there had been kind of a, a trend you know a lot of collectors had been starting to uh collect tapes trying to find movies that you know were only on vhs mm-hmm. you know trying mm-hmm. to find all the rare like vintage yeah. horror stuff that you know the early releases yeah, and, a lot of stuff didn't make it to dvd there's like so much yeah. it's just like yeah the, well there's a ton that went through the, the cracks you know yeah. and, and 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 not just horror and exploitation i mean there's there's all kinds of great movies that right. you just can't find anywhere else and mm-hmm. uh you know I, I think you know a lot of people have kind of drilled into those lists and and there's a lot of movies just in the last five years that have been uh, restored right uh but in some cases you know especially for like the shot on video stuff uh there's no option like, right the vhs you know the best you're going to get is a, a dvd rip you know of, of a vhs right oh wow but yeah. uh i had that machine <laughs> <laughs> 
I had a very large, probably not. No, it's not. It wasn't very large. It, it was only a couple hundred uh, VHSs. But uh, I had that that machine to transfer to DVD. And you, you saved them? No, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> too much. Yeah. That is how I got my copy of Over the Edge, though. I think. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it's good. I know a lot of guys. They'll, they'll do it to everything they own. You know, I I personally, I'll just gamble with the tape. Yeah. You know, I'll play it and. Hopefully, you know, it doesn't get eaten. There's mm-hmm. people with thousands of LPs. I mean, yeah. they're well, I have most records. likely going to last if you take care of them. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the thing. I have records. Uh, you know, my, my wife and I collect uh, old school punk albums. You know, I have I have a lot of paper. I have posters. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, as far as Audio Video Plus, uh, I just got very interested in the store. Because at, at that time, this was in 2010, uh, within four years... You know, Yale University purchased uh, 3,000 VHS tapes to add to their permanent collection. Really? Yeah. Wow. And, and it was all about preserving the history of the video era. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, oddly enough, they the, the guy that they purchased it from, uh, Joe Pash, was one of the first, was the first customer of Video Sanctum hmm. and when I was just doing stuff on eBay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so some of the tapes that he had gotten from ABP, from me, uh, they're actually in Yale's library now. Hmm. And uh, so, so for me, you know, I, I've always just been kind of a, a collector. Uh, I, I've always been into preserving history, and and you know, as AVP was, I, I knew it was only a matter of time. I mean, they were they were kind of keeping things going because they had a, a thirty year business that they're trying to close, which you just can't you know put a sign up and and go home like you right. have to you have to kind of put some put some ends around that stuff. So she right. was she was working towards that, and uh, I I just kept buying stock. I just kept buying tapes and. and I was, you know, some of them I was keeping like for my own collection. Some of them I was selling or trading to other collectors. Uh, and then when they finally called it quits in 2012, uh, I lost contact. You know, did you trash anything? Did I trash anything? <laughs> uh, I have trashed some stuff. Uh, like just the 50 th- copies of Titanic. Were you? No, I, I, <laughs> what do I, I do with this? I, I, I got them, you know. I got them, man. I, I don't. I don't. I can't. In my heart, I can't just trash something because I don't it's value not it as, right, right, as a right, cultural right, right. artifact. I mean, if it's moldy or crushed or it's been yeah. stepped on or you know uh, that goes in the dumpster because it, it doesn't do any of the other tapes any good. But uh, I'm, I'm a sucker. I mean, my you know, thank God my wife loves me, but I, I, I have a hard time throwing anything away. Uh, How big is your storage facility? Uh, I've got a warehouse, eighteen hundred oh, square foot. Oh my gosh! Wow, and it's, and it's air conditioned. Yeah, it's air conditioned. Holy shit! Man. It's climate controlled, uh, and, and I think I think the stack it's 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 like the worst game of Jenga you've ever played because you're actually in the game. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> and, I uh, go <laughs> <laughs> like now. <Yeah. laughs> can we can we do an episode from there? <laughs> yeah. uh, Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah, and it, well, and and the cool thing is, uh, you know, if you if, if anyone's listening, you know, check out videosanctum.com. Uh, that's the website. And honestly, I don't have any inventory listed at the moment. I'm I'm kind of getting a lot of new stuff ready for 2017. I took down some of the things that have been up for a while. But the cool part of the website that I'm most excited about, and and I just you know, like everyone, we got day jobs and mm-hmm. and other other things we have to do. But I, I'm working on with my partner. Uh, Nancy, you know, we're we're trying to outline like the archives themselves mm-hmm. uh, because because one of the things and, and part of the acquisition that I wanted to secure was mm-hmm. the uh, the five file cabinets that Audio Video Plus kept for the entire time they were in business. So wow. I mean, it's it's distributed catalogs, it's promotional announcements, wow. it's, yeah, it's everything they did 
in the video business. Oh my god! And and that's a you know to me it it was an odd kind of chase because you know uh, I'm a little bit psycho. I mean I I knew that that stuff has some value mm-hmm. somewhere in the world. You know it does to me specifically. Right. I think other collectors uh, like to see, but like just the fact that Yale University wants to preserve the history of the video era. I mean it's the video era is dead. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. There's there's no more mom and pop shops. I mean people have tried just in the last few years, but it's just it's a model that doesn't work anymore. Right. right. Uh, people just they can just stream it or they can you know order the DVD off Prime, get shipped for free, and you own it. Uh, but but it was a very lucrative and important part of you know for me pop culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, and one thing Audio Video Plus represents is like the, the full spectrum from, I mean, they started, if you if you ever drive by their old building on Wah, I haven't had the heart to, I don't know if it's being changed out or, or what's happening, I just kind of stayed away, but but it, it's an L-shaped building, mm. you know, and it had a jeweler on one end, but when you walk into that little front, like the, the, the foremost corner of it, that used to be the original store. Mm-hmm. It was it was a slot about the size of this room. Right. And they started from there with like... About 4,000 square feet. Yeah. For you video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they started... The you cameras know, are very close. This, <laughs> yeah. this room goes on for... It's like a bowling alley. Forever. So but, what came first? I mean, did you purchase audio video and then you started uh video sanctum no no i i founded video sanctum in 2010 and uh you know so i was i was just kind of looking at what's going on with vhs and when i found you know when i when i noticed all these tapes are still there some of them are are way back from the early 80s i just started doing research i was like looking at ebay checking out facebook and and it turned out you know a lot of these tapes were difficult to find in most situations And, Mm. and some of the tapes you know you could buy for 10 bucks might be worth a hundred bucks, you know? Yeah. And I've had tapes that I've sold for two or $300 because there's only so many known copies in the universe and mm-hmm. I just happen to have a copy. there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and in most cases, you know, for AVP, they're sealed, they're new. They've never right. been viewed, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I just started acquiring from there and, and I started video sanctum just to kind of offset, you know, the, the investment of, of buying the stock, uh, just over the counter. I mean, I, I, I had no like ability or, finesse to acquire the business right but after they closed i just i just kept kind of working on it and how uh, long did it take you to transfer to to get all that stuff and get it to your place it took the actual move it took nine months oh my gosh (laughs) it took four years to to purchase holy shit i I started i started negotiating in 2010 with an initial you know offer i just said you know i'd like to buy the, the stock you know, there was no interest, and then 2012 they closed, and, and I gave it a, a year or two and went back, and then finally one day I got an email and said, hey, if you're still interested, let's talk, and uh, so I went and looked around, and I mean, it, it was, a, I mean, the building was, you know, probably 6,000 square feet, and like 4,000 of that was just warehouse that nobody yeah. really had seen before. Right. <sighs> Climate-controlled warehouse? Climate-controlled. Wow. Man. And it was like, I mean, it was like archaeology, I mean, because they had stacks stacks and i mean you get you get down to the boxes that were on the lower tier and i mean those were boxes that were put there in 1980 most likely and mm-hmm. had never been seen since wow, wow. <laughs> so other than the movies themselves did you get a hold of like any display uh yes. stuff or yeah, posters the, the, yes uh well now she did have uh i mean they they had a 30-year collection of video posters <gasps> Uh, which which <laughs> I, I could not negotiate. I mean, I, you know, she had other oh, plans okay. for yeah. those. Uh, I, I have, you know, in other, because Audio Video Plus is not the only time I've done this. Uh, okay. Is yeah. that your biggest 
It's the biggest. It, okay. It's it's the last. <laughs> okay. Yeah. After you don't need anything. No. Else. After that, I have people contact me now. Hey, you know, video stores over here. I'm like, right. I'm, I'm I'm good. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I you don't have anything that I don't have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. You know, I just do you have cellar dwellers? <laughs> I mean, well, my fear is like you know, I'll, I'll see things that I can't live without, and then I'm you know having to then find you space gotta, for them. Cause you gotta, yeah. You gotta, I made max capacity, thing. but but oh, I man. but I did get I got a lot of standees. Uh, you know, some of that stuff was kind of disregarded over the years i mean it's it's kind of a hit or miss mm-hmm. as to what kind of condition they may be in uh you know a, a lot of just weird promo stuff do you have the full-size suburban commando <laughs> i might i might i don't know I i'm just look. trying to think of the most random <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've got uh yeah i mean I've, I've got you know the 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 hanger for uh for the pac-man sorry game Oh, uh, yeah. damn! And it's got the got the punch out little ghosts that, that dangle around it. That's crazy. Yeah. It's all still in the package. So, awesome. I haven't heard the term used in a long time. Uh, tape head. Would you <laughs> consider yourself a tape head? Yeah, I'm definitely. I mean, uh, who else I'm, would be? If yeah, you weren't, you yeah. Know? That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. tape head. Uh, video vor. That's Josh Lunchmeat <laughs> up north. That's his his term. I, I haven't coined my own official term yet. You know. <laughs> Uh, there's there's quite a few bloggers that you know, have claimed. Uh, I think Tapehead, you know, that suits me. So, what is your what what is your business plan now? Like, what are you? Because I've been to the site a few times, and I I see you have original artwork, mm-hmm. which I'm extremely interested in. Well, that uh, that's that's an interesting, uh, uh, you know. So so in 2010, in conjunction with starting Video Sanctum, uh, I got very interested in. Like if you you know if you've seen any of the early VHS, most of them came in like big gigantic boxes, huge boxes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, the, there's no clear like justification for it. But to me, knowing what I know about exploitation film and, and being a moviegoer, like uh, and and by the way, poster art sucks these days. Like there was no Photoshop back then. <laughs> no, I mean you had to hire you, a, you, a graphic artist or a painter. Yeah, to exactly. Do that shit. You know, and I mean, yeah. but but like any any poster See, anywhere you. is like just. <laughs> Come on, man. I mean, that, that's what you're going to sell the movie with. And But, like, I was always, as a kid, you know, that the poster was always what sold the film. And right, it's like, right. You, you rarely got everything that was in the poster in the film, but at least you went in there with some high expectation. You know, you were excited for the first you know part of the movie. And, right. Uh, and I think, to some degree, when they started marketing VHS, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's kind of like a, a dependency on a, you know, on a, on a med or something. Like, they didn't want to cut loose of, of some kind of big banner to say, Hey, this movie is the one you want to check out. So I've always like envisioned that the big boxes were kind of the substitute for the grindhouse poster. Right. You know, cause, cause most of the horror stuff, you, you just see like heads ripped off and eyeballs laying in the ashtray. <laughs> and it's like, never happens in the movie, but yeah. like, Right. God damn, that box was beautiful. You know, I was so scared to take it home. Then you watch it, and you know, it's, it's does not live up. It's, yeah. Ken, it's Kenny and Company. Kenny you know? and Company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was Phantasm. <laughs> but uh, so with that, I, I got interested in the artwork, and uh, there was a, a box that I had. It was a Magnum Entertainment uh, Driller Killer. Yeah. And so it's got this, you know, and it, it's not like the greatest artwork, but it's mm. you could tell it's hand painted. And I noticed there was a name on there. Holy shit! So it's Corey Wolf. So I, I looked around, did some research, and I found the guy. And uh, he lives in Portland, just outside of Portland. And uh, super nice guy. So I just emailed him. I was like, hey, I'm, you know, VHS collector. I noticed your name attributed on this big box. Uh, I'm curious if you have any artwork, you know, laying around or, you know, if you could talk to me about it. And he sent me back this photo of, like, 16 paintings that he had out in his barn, you know, and they're all, like, and it turns out this guy is the one he did the cover for Chopping Mall, which 
probably oh, have seen. Oh, wow. Uh, he did the cup, uh, one of the Magnum Entertainments, it was a drive-in massacre, which oh. it, there's, that's one where there's competing covers and most people like the other one. They don't like Corey's, but Corey <laughs> had the original artwork for it. And, mm-hmm. uh, he did, you know, the, the artwork for the reanimator wow. just release, uh, just a, a whole ton what, of like work in the eighties. What caught my eye was, uh, from beyond and, yeah. uh, the fly. <laughs> yeah that those shit, those two pieces i mean if i had the money right now i'd be like i'm coming over <laughs> yeah I, I think i think the fly was sold i'm not sure oh god those that was that was a, about a year ago oh really yeah uh but like the thing is you know he's got and and what's interesting is he said like in the day most companies like they once you submitted your art like that was it Mm-hmm. You know, you just you, you get the check and you move on. And and uh, he said he was always like fighting, trying to get as much stuff as he could. So he ended up, you know, in his career, like collecting, you know, a bunch of promo stuff and anything he did with his own hand, he would try to get the art back. And, wow. uh, oh, nice. He did the original art to the Crow. Yeah. Uh, VHS release. Uh, so so we we started talking, and he initially, you know, said, "Well, if you want to buy all this stuff, here's, you know, I'll take this." And I, I don't, <laughs> I can't do that. You know, <laughs> but but I said I'm interested. So like the more we talked. Uh, he, you know, we, we came up with this idea that I could market the artwork and actually sell it as, as an agent. Like a consignment type thing? Yeah. And uh, okay. so so I, I flew up to Portland, went and visited him. Uh, we came to some terms, and, you know, I looked through all of his stuff. And, I mean, it's, it's, it's interesting because him being, and again, like, it's always funny when people are disconnected from, like, with AVP. I mean, the owner knew some of the stuff had, like, gone up. And, I mean, some of the tapes were worth more than they were originally at retail price right right but if you've had it you know in your house for 30 years like you just really you don't focus on you know it's just Mm -hmm. it's just something that's been in your way all this time and it's never sold right right uh and with his artwork i mean it wasn't ashamed of anything but he just he was over it you know he 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 still actively designs uh a lot of covers he does a lot of work for disney you know (laughs) oh really yeah so wow. he's he's still an active artist and uh, and he came from a, a cater of, of artists around that time that were like the go to for all of the video companies you know they, they, they were they were the guys cheap and fast yeah like. yeah and uh, so they would just pump out these arts and uh, but what was interesting is he had this this collection it was four paintings and it was uh you know I call it black exploitation it was mm-hmm. uh, Iceman and Radcliffe. Which I'd never heard of. Yeah. You know, but it's this black guy with an afro and he's shooting and jumping out of a helicopter in one and then he's killing, you know, a white guy with a shovel in the other. And I was like, What's this? <laughs> awesome. And he said that uh those were book covers, you know, and it was and the thing was he, he from his own perspective, he's like he's like, I that's my least favorite pieces that I've ever done and, and like almost like, you know, I'd probably would just toss them and I said, Well, let's hold on to it and so I did the research and, and came up with uh these were from a reprint series of a black exploitation series pulp series from the late 60s hmm. and have you guys ever seen the movie black the black gestapo yes no. okay the, yeah okay yeah. yeah it's classic i mean well it was the same guy that wrote the screenplay in the book really for that and huh. he, he'd written this series called radcliffe and then there was Iceman, and they were both you know outlaw pimps that were like you know, getting back at the, the criminal overlords and, wow uh but i i put this all together and uh we actually found the buyer and he ended up I mean, we, we sold that collection. That was the highest value thing that we've garnered yeah. from his collection of VHS cover art. You know? Oh, wow. You just never know what people are going to want. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so, well, to me, it was all about provenance. It's like, because at the time, I mean, Django and Chain was coming out in theaters. Right. You know, so I'm, this is a really important collection of art that nobody probably knows about. 
Mm-hmm. And the books are out of print. I mean, they're they're kind of hard to find. Mm-hmm. But, you know, commercial art's one of those fields where, you know, it, it takes 20, 30, 40 years for it to, to come of age. But but it's like, you know, comic book art, stuff like that. Uh, right. You got to uh, strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. And, and so, you know, with that in mind, like, that, that's what I kind of always, for me, like, I think most VHS collectors are by default art collectors. Yeah. Because, I yeah. mean, most VHS collectors, they, you know, if you just showed them a copy of the tape, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, you know, maybe five, ten bucks, you know, I'll buy it. You know. But not that the movie's not important, not that the tape's not important, but like what's the, the where the value is, yeah. where the interest is to the collector is the artwork that's on the box. It's, you know? it's not necessarily right. about the film itself. There's right. like a whole other attachment to it. Right. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's the same thing with like vinyl. I mean, you you know, everything has a degree yeah. of like what what is the artwork attached to it. Right. Awesome, man. So So you're an art guy. Um, I dabble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we met at a uh, Zine Fest. What were you doing at Zine Fest? You had a table. Uh yes, me and my partner and wife Nancy. Uh, we also have a. Well, she she heads up a thing called Wild Dark Archives, and it's it's a chronicle. It's another collection mm. that I acquired in the course of pursuing VHS. Uh, but it it turned out this person had passed away and their house had been dormant for several years and uh he ended up being the he was the guy that started houston's first punk rock zine oh really hmm. yeah what so, was it called uh wild dog zine oh okay which is which is where we you know come up with wild dog archives but in his possession i mean he had 30 years of music and political history in, of houston wow. holy shit were just in boxes and he had zines from all over the country and yeah. He had flyers and letters he had written out to thousands of musicians and, and letters he had gotten back. And uh, so once again, you know, we, we started, we just kind of locked all that down into uh, an archive that, that we, we, we've had a website, you know, we've tried to publicize it. And so the Zine Fest, we were there to talk about uh, his zine, which is like the granddaddy of all punk zines in music. Yeah, that's wow. amazing. Yeah, and it was, it was you know, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we, we had the table just kind of... You know, put out and we didn't we didn't bring a lot of stuff to exhibit, but uh, but then we we were upstairs for one of the sessions. We talked about the collection of Houston's punk history. That's one of the downfalls of having your own table is you get to miss all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I would have liked to hear about that, but uh, maybe we'll have your wife on to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, that'd, <laughs> that'd be, be nice. that'd be cool. Well, I mean, and the thing is, I mean, I, I'm glad we went because I I met you. I, I and I bought some of your artwork because uh, oh, yeah. if you remember. I asked you because I saw the one face you had done, and I said, "That's that's Devil's Rain." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, were, oh. you were like, nobody <laughs> right, ever gets that. <laughs> yeah, I remember he was like actually was really awesome. excited that someone got that. <laughs> yeah. That that movie tripped me out. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Ernest <laughs> Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. I mean, I never would have seen him in that way if I hadn't seen that. Hey, movie. Ernest Borgnine has got range, man. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of people don't think he does, but he does. Yeah, and he and he actually, I, I love Ernest Borgnine because he shows up uh, in the seventies. I mean, uh, a, a Sunday in the Country, uh, which became an act of vengeance on Video Gem. Uh, the original artwork is uh, uh, Michael Pollard hanging, you know, being hung by a chain, and Ernest Borgnine, you know, with a big double barrel shotgun, like protruding wow. out of the artwork. <laughs> It's amazing. Wow. Well, Corey Wolf painted that. Oh, okay. And actually, I, I got that into the hands of a collector that I know. Uh, but that movie is amazing. It's it's about Ernest trying to raise a daughter in the country. Bank robbers come. They cause a bunch of havoc. And he's like, screw this. And goes to town on them. You know. Man. It's it's classic 70s revenge. Yeah. Ernest, Ernest Borgnine. Borgnine. Revenge movie. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
they make the mistake of trying to to remake those stories, but they make the mistake of using an action star, you know? Yeah. When back then it was just your, you know, it yeah. wasn't the guy didn't know uh jujitsu right, and right, Muay Thai. Right, right, right. He just fucking went to town yeah, and like and Charles beat Bronson some was ass. just some mean guy. Yeah. yeah. You know? It was all boxing and like just throwing people over you over your shoulder, right. you know? Well that's the thing you know, like I, Ernest Borgnine, Warren Oates, like all my heroes from the seventies, they're just ugly. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I, yeah. I trust ugly heroes, man, because like <laughs> they got nothing else going. He'd the guy would rather kick you in the stomach than steal your girlfriend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Which uh, I was gonna say because you know that that's we were talking about like interest in uh, which I, I want to ask you like what kind of films are you guys into? Like, are you into exploitation or do you like? I mean, I like all kinds of shit, yeah. but uh, I like Italian. Post-apocalypse yeah. stuff like Classic. uh I New Barbarians, uh, New Barbarians, uh, yeah. Bronx Warrior, uh, Bronx Warrior. I think the New Barbarians is uh, being screened on the ninth at Walters. No shit on VHS. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I I think it's the New Barbarians. Check Facebook. Uh, do you know Michael Buffano? No. Okay. Well, he's he's a film guy in town. Uh, oh he just, man, I would, he just, I would definitely like to. Yeah, see it's that. a double feature. It's like three fifteen, the moment of truth. And and I think it's the new barbarian. Okay, cool. But okay. I, I I should check that before I leave. I'll I'll make sure that I'm not lying. But but yeah, he's screening both of those on VHS at Walters. Wow. Uh, downtown. So you know it's really it's cool. I, and that's I I really wanted to highlight like Plan Nine if you guys ever because I I'm pretty sure the movie Plan Nine. No, no the the screening series that we just launched. Oh, okay. Uh, which you know the movie it's based on Plan Nine. Right, right, right. Gigantic Ed Woods fan. Uh, and I think at you know some point I, I want to pair Plan Nine from Outer Space with Cauldron of Blood because uh, that is Boris Karloff's last film. Hmm. So you have Lugosi, yeah, huh. last one. You have Lugosi wow. and Karloff. Oh, wow. and, That's good. And their last ever efforts. Cauldron of Blood is amazing. Um, it's 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 just this B horror movie that's also this groovy thing from the late sixties. Who was in that? That sounds familiar. Uh, well, it's Boris Karloff playing a, a blind like artist, and, and it's not much of a stretch. I mean, he's a thousand years old yeah. at this point. Uh, okay. but, he, but he has a young wife. I can't remember the actress. Of course he does. But it's 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 a total. It's I mean it's it's just a really groovy like B movie horror film. But I love the fact that both those guys were like in it till the very last minute. You know? But go see. Unfortunately, he didn't get to finish his. But, right. But he was there. You know? <laughs> he was there. And, uh, but but the the series. You know that's what we're focusing on because I I'm I'm a big like fan of seventies film. I was kind of. I'd say I was raised in the 70s. I was born in 73. But right. when I was watching the late movie, like that's all the easy stuff from, uh, sorry, I'm not used sorry. to the mic, but all the easy stuff, you know, to grab for TV was coming out of the late 70s, mid 70s. Right. And, uh, so with Plan 9, we just screened uh, Prisoner 701, Female Prisoner 701, Scorpion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Based on the manga by, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, but uh, it's from 1972. Mm-hmm. Amazing film. We showed uh, Fascination with uh, from John Rowland. That one I don't. Yeah. When and where is this taking place? It is. Uh, it's actually on Commerce, and I had written the address down. Let's see. Yeah, 2010 Commerce Street, Unit B. It's at uh, Civic TV Laboratories. Okay. Cool. And uh, it's a cool spot, and we actually went all out. Like I bought like a 92 inch projection screen professional grade i got a new projector so it's like it's like sitting in a theater you got to bring your own chair you know but uh but we had a really good time this 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 first round is it outdoors or indoors no it's inside okay yeah it's in a it's in a it's in an art space so it's plenty of room 
uh sound you know it's perfect it, it was good it was great i mean i'm 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 glad that we're doing it uh because you know to me like i, I was i'm and i'm always a faithful follower of alamo draft house so, so when is the next showing we don't have a specific date yet it's okay. going to be early april okay uh, so we're so we're, what can people uh follow it on facebook yeah if you go to v- videosanctum.com uh, if you sign up for the newsletter, okay, uh, there's a space you just, and, you know, we're not going to sell your info to, to China or anywhere, but, uh, if you put in Houston, like we're going to well, sell it to me, cause I need <laughs> yeah, <Houston>. yeah. <laughs> but if you put in Houston, so we're going to isolate all the local peeps and we're going to send out a, a special newsletter for plan nine Oh, nice! to tell people when, when it's showing now that the, the fun part is we have decided to do this as uh, a secret screening so like we're not announcing what the films are going to be you you have okay. to, you have to be there yeah that's great <laughs> this is like so I mean, my wheelhouse yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know so like this first one i mean you know I, we, we tried to put out some teasers people would get it you know luckily it was kind of interesting because uh, the one the one film i wanted everyone to see like nobody had seen it it was Female Prisoner Scorpion, yeah. which I, I love that movie. I could watch it a thousand times. And uh, everybody, you know, really loved it. I mean, they, they were surprised by it. And, you know, that's kind of the goal is like just we want to just kind of make it blind. We do have a we set up a letterbox so you can go and see what's screened past. Uh, mm-hmm. Those two are added now. So hopefully, you know, people will come or they'll hear about it after the fact. And they'll be like, well, I don't want to miss the next one because, you know, I promise both films are going to be badass. You know that this is this is just cream of the crop stuff. I'm yeah. not. I'm I'm really not trying to do any experimenting. Like I'm not showing movies that I've never seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also not showing films that I've seen a thousand times. I mean, it's just it's just things that I think are are very uh, underappreciated or unknown. Yeah. You know, right. uh, there's, uh, there's going to be a lot of action, a lot of horror, a lot of exploitation stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost 100 percent of it will be from the 70s. You know. What do you think about the uh, throwback stuff like Hobo with a Shotgun and uh, what Tarantino's done? You know, I, I well, I respect Tarantino. I mean, I, I like his films. I know he's he's hated by many and mm-hmm. loved by some. Uh, you know, I think I think the things th- that he's done are, are worthy. Uh, and there's actually some some goal with Plan Nine. Uh, one of my favorite crime films of all time is uh, Day of the Wolves. It was shot in uh, Lake Havasu before Lake Havasu was Lake Havasu. It was still being developed. Uh, it's it's an amazing made-for-TV, like, 70s crime film that just wow. starts off with a bang and doesn't stop. Uh, and once you watch it, you're going to say, holy shit, that was Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> oh, okay. And uh, that's the film. You know, I, I don't ascribe to the fact, I don't think he ripped anybody off. I, I think he, he saw these movies. Yeah. Like, a lot of us saw them. Mm-hmm. Love them and decided to make something. You know, I, I would rather somebody make something contemporary that's an homage to something else than just right. to remake a film. Just right. Did you enjoy those movies? Which ones? Uh, the Grindhouse movies. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what do you mean? Like, uh, like the the Robert Rodriguez Planet Terror and and uh, I did. What was the other yeah. one the car one? Uh, Death Proof. Death, Death Proof. Proof. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I like both of those. You know, yeah. and it, it's interesting because initially I liked Death Proof. But then you know the the second time I saw those films, I I really thought Planet Terror yeah. took took the prize because I mean it's just so much goofy shit yeah, in that it's movie. More fun, it's like it, it's to me it's like okay that's what the seventies is about. Mm-hmm. It's like just mm-hmm. let's just throw in some random shit that has nothing to do with the storyline, right. but right. either looks cool or will freak somebody mm-hmm. out. You know? Did and, you uh, see uh, Hobo with a Shotgun? 
I tried. <laughs> you tried? Yeah. You, you haven't. It's I, a rough I, watch. You couldn't get through it. Yeah, <laughs> just it, you know when it when it's when it's too much of a throwback for me. Like I I know I've seen a lot of them in the seventies. I, I I just like watching the the, the real things. Yeah. You know. To me, it seemed like a trauma movie. Yeah. More than. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was that kind of silliness. Yeah, like, and I mean mixed I, with like extreme violence. Yeah. yeah. No, I I I I I watch you know a good portion of it. Uh, but it's just I, there's so many movies, you know, and that with Plan Nine, I mean, that was kind of our goal. It's like there's just so many films out there that nobody mm-hmm. has witnessed, yeah, you know, show, that are just show the real shit, yeah, that are amazing, uh, you know. And, and and the thing that that I find interesting and in, in why I love the '70s so much is uh, as far as film goes is is because you know in the, in the '60s you had these these founding fathers like Roger Corman, you know, David F. Friedman, you had Herschel Gordon Lewis, right. I mean, the Godfather of Gore, and he's <laughs> The guy says, "Well, let's just let's put blood on the screen, and you know mm-hmm. that way it's it's it actually looks like somebody's being killed, you know, rather than mm-hmm. leaving it out and pretending." Uh, but you know, in August of 1969, you know, you had the Manson family and the Tate LaBianca murders, and it, it became and and you know this is my theory, but it's it's you know became like lifestyles of the rich and slaughtered. I mean, cinema got very angry uh, beginning in like 1970, right? You know, and in like 71, 72, you have deep throat you have hardcore pornography so you, you have a a, a a continuing like breaking down of barriers of what ke- what you can actually put on the screen right. you know and uh and and when you get you know to watergate and then vietnam's winding up like there just became this apathetic resolve where filmmakers are like just f it you know we're, we're just we're just gonna get as angry and as mean as we can we've been watching yeah. vietnam on tv for a decade <laughs> exactly <laughs> you know and uh you know, and it's so like, and, and with that in mind, I mean, that was, you know, my, my second most memorable, because I grew up in a town with like 107 people, okay. and there was a guy with a van that used to come, we had one store, you know, like two-tenths of a mile walk, but he would come through once a month, and, and he just sold, he just rented videos, but he would, he would like set up this Out little- Out of his van? Well, he would set up this little bread rack, you know, in the store, and he would come in and like just put videotapes out, and <laughs> the store would manage, you know, the, the rentals for a cut, I guess, and- hmm. And uh, it was like having, you know, my own video store in town. Wow. Because normally we had to drive, you know, 10 miles to, like, Brookshire Brothers, and that's where they rented the movies. But, mm. but like, he didn't, he had no limits. Like, he was just doing it out of his van. So, like, I remember when he first put his rack out in that store, I was looking one day, and at the very top of the shelf, there was a, a box that said, uh, I spit on your grave. Oh, God. Oh, you know? <laughs> 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 I'm like 12, you know, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, let's try it, you know, let's let's see if, if this is going to work. And I put it on the counter, and the lady's like, it'd be three bucks, you know. So I'm like, well, here's my three bucks. She's clueless about yeah. what she was giving me. Yeah, and I, I like, Holy uh, shit. I remember riding home on my bike, just like giddy, because I, I don't know what I'm going to watch, you know. I'm a little scared, too. Yeah. But uh, I remember having to, like, <laughs> I remember having to, like, sit right in front of the thing, and every time I heard a door creek or something i have to turn it off and like put it on cartoons you know like i was watching something else and, wow but i ended up watching you know getting through the whole movie the ch- <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but i ended up watching the whole movie you know it blew my mind it's yeah like because yeah. i mean and, and again it was vhs it was uncut you know mm-hmm. unfiltered right uh i'm like holy shit you know so is- i need your opinion yeah uh there's last house on the left and then there's house at the edge of the park for me those two are like People know one without knowing the other. Right. I, I'm an edge of the park guy because that's what I saw <laughs> first. But I don't know. What do you think? 
<laughs> that's that's well, my, you know, that's my question. I, I think uh, they're not. They're similar, but they're not similar. Yeah, I would say they're two different films. I mean, I, and I think I mean, it's conf- I mean, it's just confusing because David Hess is in both of them. Yeah, that's that is kind of weird. But, but that's, that's also why they're badass. Yeah, right? that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. I think Edge of the Park. Uh, to me, I, I I would like that's kind of more of like a thriller. Uh, I mean, I I love it too. I'm I'm with you. I, I don't know if I could really choose one over the other. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I think you know, and actually, Last House on the Left was on the in my notes because uh, that's that's one of those like marks in in popular culture where like right. cinema said okay we're gonna we're gonna slough off you know all the apologies you know we're not going to be polite we're just going to show you this violent ass film that has no point whatsoever mm-hmm. that's a uh, dark movie <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I, I for me i i from a creep factor i think last house on the left you know yeah. gets it because you know you just when you when you do that type of horror without any rhyme or reason just just because like they just want to be violent. Like there's mm-hmm. no, there's no psychology involved. There's no, you know, mo- most slashers. There's always like a revenge theme. Like it's right. You killed my sister when we were kids. You know, like prom right, night. Right, or, right. You know, it's 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 like it's karma. With last time on the left, it, there's no essential karma involved. Mm-hmm. It's just like these two girls got wrapped up with these extremely violent people, yeah. and you know, the family has to get a chainsaw to set the score. Like the movie. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, the spoiler alert. Spoiler uh, alert on the that. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I think spoiler alerts expire after yeah, three years. Yeah. So. They've had time to see. Yeah, if you haven't seen it by now. Yeah, I mean that's even like going back to a more recent movie, The Strangers. Yeah. Oh, that's a bleak movie. Yeah, I, I like The Strangers a lot. Yes, so do I. Like a lot of people hate it, but a lot of people hate it for that reason. Right. You know, just that ending is just so like nihilistic. It's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's and that's the thing. Like you know, I I've always and and you know it's it's kind of the. For me, like Hollywood always wants to throw in an apology, you know, when there's, right. when there's, when there's an uncomfortable silence at the ending of a film, you know, there's got to be a punchline <laughs> or, you know, the person comes back out of the woods and, and they survived it. You know, I've always liked the bleak. Right. Because to me, that's more like reality. Like, mm. you don't always get a resolution, you know. Like Rob even, Zombie tried that, I think. Yeah, with uh, recently. House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. I was like, I can't, I can't get into it. Well, I mean, that kind of goes back to that whole like, you know, kind of rehashing old yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Though, I mean, that whole thing is, you know, it's Motel Hell, it's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's he just threw it all at the screen. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I've never been uh, a huge fan of Zombie yeah. of his films. I yeah, mean, I, uh, and, and really the remakes to me, I have a have a hard time with. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're fans. I mean, I mean, they're just fans that are trying to sometimes bring out what I mean. What's well, interesting though, they grew up with. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I get it. And and like I will say, uh, the remake, like the two remakes that I've seen in the last ten years, like uh, The Hills Have Eyes mm-hmm. and I Spit on Your Grave. Like, I forgot the, they remade that. Yeah, we've well, been talking about it. And I, <laughs> I forgot about but, the remake. But the thing is, like, well, I, and I, you know, I, I know filmmakers and and. I've heard arguments to say, well, you know, why would you want to remake something shot for shot? Like you want to make it your own. But I think like, to me, it's just a, a fan. Like you're I always say it's kind of selfish. Like you want to, you know, I'm going to redo Freebird, but I'm going to put this little switch <laughs> in the end because I want it to be my own. Right. And, right. you know, but, but those two films, like they don't, they don't sway far from the original, which is, and the original is the film that I fell in love with. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, I don't know. I, I didn't see it when I saw them. I didn't see it as like, oh, well, they just did a, sh-, you know, they just copied. But like, you could tell, especially with I Spit on Your Grave, you, you know that director has seen the original thousands yeah. of times. You know, mm-hmm. like, like if I was ever going to remake a movie, I could do Cool Hand Luke because I've watched that film thousands of times. 
Right. You know, it's like my favorite movie of all time. You know, I would never do it. But. Did you boil up a dozen eggs to watch <laughs> it? <laughs> I, I, I always wanted to, you know. Ooh. I always wanted to try 50 eggs. Next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. How do you feel about doing some news with this? Sure. All right. Here we go. Eventually. We all know what time it is. It's time for the news with Gabriel Dieter and friends. Luckily, nothing's been going on, so uh, <laughs> that's it for the news. <laughs> Me and Brennan uh, struggled for about an hour to find something that, other than Trump and yeah. the... What is that football game that just went out? <laughs> <laughs> the uh, okay, so uh, China announced that it's uh, it's taken leadership of producing solar power. They're actually producing more than anybody else in the world now, which is pretty good because yeah. uh, that place stinks. <laughs> <laughs> I've never been. <laughs> sorry, to, sorry to our China listeners. Um, the International Space Station is getting its first... <laughs> Did you want to go back to the China story? I don't know. I just, we, we usually talk about things. But oh, okay. Uh, let's see. What do, what do you think, Brennan? What do I think about uh, China? China. I, I mean, I guess more solar is always good, right? I, either that or what we're going to find out is what the horrible thing that solar creates is. What can they What can they do without oil is what we're going to learn. I guess. Yeah, I, I guess it's kind of... So how are they proposing to be first? They already are. They're producing more than anybody else. They have more solar technology So they've installed, running they've right installed the farms? Yeah. 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 Well, they have space. I mean, that's that's the thing about solar. A lot of people don't. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. Because, you know, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm for it. I think any yeah. kind of passive source of energy is good, but... <laughs> but with solar, you know, you're, you're talking about uh, 800 acres to generate the same amount of electricity you can do on a on a 20 acre coal generating power plant. Yeah, you know? that's true. And Didn't even like, think about that. Well, and it's interesting for the U.S. because uh, you know, a lot of people think solar companies are your friend, you know, because it's friendly energy. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're also corporations, you know. Yeah. So so if it ever like takes off in the U.S., you got to have a footprint, you know. Mm. So get ready for infrastructure. And then they'll have lobbyists. Yeah. yeah. Great. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to die. Yeah. Everything's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Watch more movies. Yeah, w- watch all those like 70s movies where everybody dies. Again. <laughs> Play it with your solar energy. And you like post-apocalypse anyway. Yeah, so. there you go. Yeah, <laughs> but an oil-based be... post-apocalypse, not... <laughs> <laughs> not solar-based? Uh, I don't want to have a solar panel <laughs> On the back of on my camel. Of your- yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't think Mad Max would have would have been quite the same movie if they were driving mm-hmm. Prius. Yeah, but Not- Priuses and crossbows. We're yeah, taking Waterworld out of the equation. Too. <laughs> so, like, do you get a timeout when you're going to plug in? Or oh no, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, the International Space Station is getting its first commercial airlock. Uh, I don't know how to feel about this. What does that mean? Um, so so far it's the space station's been built by either government contractors for the governments um and it's you know everybody involved the uh japanese chinese russians americans but it's all been governments so now this uh airlock is owned for, like, by a pri- it's, it's for a private company okay. and uh 
It's to like house satellites that are gonna go out. I wish I wish I could remember the name of the company from Alien. Oh, that would be a good sound bite. No, that's the ship. Uh, Wayland Yutani. <laughs> that's it, man. Yeah, Two points. Yeah. Two points. Hey, that's coming out soon. Uh, Covenant. Oh uh, yeah. What do y'all think? Pretty, I'm excited. Yeah. I l- started liking Prometheus as I stopped thinking about it as an alien movie. Yeah. That's kind of what it took for me. Yeah. I saw, well, so Prometheus was the last one, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw it. I, I, did, I couldn't see the connection, but I don't know if I'm that averse on there, alien. Yeah. Did you wait till after the credits? <laughs> was it? No, after, it I wasn't after no, the it was, credits. It was, just, it was like the last shot. No, it's yeah, just it's, the last shot I don't of think the alien did. coming out. There's like a, a sort of xenomorph. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I, I like I like Alien. Yeah, Alien I like too. Him. I'll see Covenant. I mean, I, I'll watch anything really. Yeah. <laughs> as long as it's on VHS. <laughs> yeah. uh, let's see. Uber snags a NASA engineer to explore flying cars. <laughs> do it. Uber. Yeah. <laughs> Just do I want flying around the fucking sky? Right. <laughs> they barely screen their drivers. What kind of pilots are yeah, they going to be n- hiring? Now I just got to talk to some weird pilot <laughs> while I'm drunk. Awesome. Hey man, you got a you got a cigarette lighter in here, <laughs> <laughs> sir? Sir, what are you doing? Close the window. Close the window. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna throw up. Uh, from the picture, it just looked like uh, like those uh, those glider planes with a bunch of fans mounted all the way around it, like. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen oh, uh, I've seen promos of like the flying cars. Yeah, they look interesting. <laughs> but I don't I don't know if I'd want to ride. Yeah. I might try to fly one. My roof is not any kind of plane proof. Yeah, yeah. Like, the hot air balloon would take, it, that, take I, me up. I, you know, I'll never like, I'll never be able to afford it. So yeah, you know, oh, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't bother me. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Let's go with blimps. Blimp blimps. technology. Yeah. Never gonna go yeah. away. Uh, Elon Musk, take a drink. <laughs> has <laughs> unveiled his tunneling machine. Uh, um, and yeah, what is that about? He He's apparently. He, that's that's open for debate. Is this Ocean's fourteen uh, or what? He got he got stuck in tra- L.A. traffic, and he's like, "Huh." Besides the earthquake, I think tunneling underground would be really good for the traffic of L.A. So he decided to create a tunneling company called Just Boring or something like that, right? Uh, it's, 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 yeah, it's something kind of weird. Boring Inc. or something like yeah. that. Uh, so they're going to build roadways. So he's 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 got a giant uh, tunneling machine to build these underground highways. What do you think about that? Fucking earthquake's gonna take <laughs> yeah. it all out. I mean, that's the one place you don't want to build anything underground, right? I would think. Well, they did that in uh, Boston. Oh, really? Yeah. If you ever read about the big dig. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they got a whole expressway that goes. But they don't the have city. earthquakes there, do they? No. Yeah. They're not so a, a I mean, fault. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. It's it's a, it's a little I'm bit not, of an Achilles heel. But I know a lot of guys are like. When I lived in Boston, I met a bunch of gearheads. That were just, they always want to talk about the big dig. I'm like, nobody gives a <laughs> Nobody gives it's a still, It's like, it's jammed with traffic. You can't move, so what's the point? Oh, really? Yeah. So you're stuck underground in a oh, traffic jam? No thanks. Sometimes. I can't do it. No. Yeah. No. no way. We have a washburn tunnel over here. I can barely stand driving through that. Yeah, I've been through the washburn. Really? Yeah. Did you uh, do it with the windows down? <laughs> I don't remember. It's been a while. Oh, you'd remember that. <laughs> a couple layers of your skin will peel off yeah. by the time you get peel. to the end. Uh, a human-pig hybrid was created in a lab. Um, it lived four weeks. Uh, what do you think about that, guys? 
uh you know we gotta we gotta write the screenplay pig man yeah i think it's already been made man (laughs) why would you make a human pig hybrid uh it's supposedly gonna help i mean it's it's just for uh they can harvest its organs it (laughs) pretty close it's gonna help uh, is that a a trump technology is he going for immortality man i I don't know could you imagine donald trump with replaceable parts wasn't he the first (laughs) subject i think Uh, he just wants an army of orcs he wants orcs they're doing it to help uh with uh transplanting organs growing organs to transplant so to make hot dogs i'm telling you yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i don't know man it's all I, gonna I, be soylent I draw, green I draw the line. it's all yeah. gonna be soylent green i can't uh how many times did they get that wrong and what do they do with like where's the footage of that i don't want to see it <laughs> it's what disgusting if he lives, though? what if he becomes cognizant yeah that's true and he's like why did you Confuse me as part big. I think he was born in China, so it doesn't really matter. (laughs) Life's life's cheap (laughs) when you're half pig, half man. There's your tagline right there. We're getting a lot of quotes out of this episode. There's your tagline. Uh, Brennan, you want to do some murder and mayhem? (laughs) Okay, yeah. Here Uh, we go. Life's cheap when you're half pig. Uh, just so I don't know if you've heard this section before, but Brennan uh, has his own segment where he talks about either murder, murder or, or mayhem, mayhem. Uh, and sometimes both. Yeah, <laughs> most often it's been serial killers lately, and this is no exception, except for the fact that uh, it may actually not be true. Ah, uh, oh, come on, you can't say that before fake even. News. Well, here's the, <laughs> there he goes. Fake news. But see, this is old fake news though, so now it's a legend. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh... Brennan was Fox before Fox was around. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a story of Joe Ball. Are you, are you familiar with Joe, Joe Ball? Joe Ball? Yeah, the alligator man? I've heard the name, okay. I think. Well, it's, 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 a, it's a Texas legend, and, uh, basically, there was this guy, his name is Joe Ball. Oh, he, yeah, that's Motel Hell. Oh, yeah, it is, isn't it? Or no, Eaten Alive. Or it's, 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 Eaten it's, Alive. It's one of those movies that's, like, loosely... Yeah, Eaten yeah. Alive is based they on They already Ball. fucking made it. Holy shit. Sorry. Yeah, well, that's perfect. 1977. <laughs> Once again, uh, Toby Hooper. That was really? His, yeah, that was his second feature after TCM. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Huh. Sorry, I didn't mean to. No, no, you're good. You're good. You're great. Uh, yeah, so this guy, Joe Ball, he's uh, born in like 1896, something like that. Goes off, fights in World War II, comes back, and basically does what any self respecting war veteran does coming back from World War I. Uh, he immediately goes into a life of crime and becomes a bootlegger. So he's a bootlegger for a while. He's you know just doing his thing, hustling liquor around. Finally, prohibition lifts. He opens up this bar. It's called the Sociable Inn, and for some reason, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Sociable Inn. Which I, I, I think that even sounds kind of sketchy. I don't know, but for some reason, he just gets this idea in his head. That he's gonna dig a pit back behind his bar, and he's gonna fill it with six alley. Because he, I guess, he finds out about this concept, uh, corpus der, uh, delicti, which is uh, nobody, no crime. Yeah, basically, it's, oh, the, the the legal. I mean, like the, the literal Latin is the body of the crime. And he interprets this as meaning that, you know, as long as he completely destroys any evidence, he cannot be convicted of a crime. And that's, you know, that's vaguely, you know, what the, what the idea is. But it's not exactly that. Sorry. <laughs> Get to the fucking story, man. <laughs> so anyway, he digs this pit, puts a bunch of alligators in it, and he starts just, like, feeding it cats and dogs. Yeah. Like, live animals. Live animals. Just And he's charging people, you know, two bits of gander to come look at his alligators. It's the middle of Texas, the middle of nowhere. That's what you can do. So all of a sudden, like his barmaids 
start going missing. Some of his ex-girlfriends start going missing. Even his wife, like, eventually ends up going missing. And the Bayhar County police come, and they start asking questions about, okay, well, where are all these people going? What's going on? And in the, like, during the line of his questioning, he takes a gun from behind the register and just shoots himself in the heart. Dies. And so there's no evidence. There's no proof. They just want to know where these people are at. And they have nothing. Then all of a sudden, the handyman comes up. <laughs> <laughs> I heard a gunshot. I just wanted to make sure everything was okay. So the handyman enters into the situation and says, oh, yeah, I know where two of these bodies are at. And he's also disposed of 20 more. He takes them out to the alligator pit. I helped him throw them in there. These people would have never had any evidence or any proof of anything if this handyman never came forward. Like, he would have truly, like, destroyed all the evidence. There would have been no crime. There, It would have been corpus delicti. Must have been an Aggie. I, I guess so. But, yeah, and the thing is, uh, there's... Very little like news coverage as to what actually happened from the time. And there's one article from Texas Monthly in 2002 where they talk about it, but there's just there's no proof. They never found a body, and it's it's just one of those things that's like, did it happen or did it not? <laughs> I like to think that at at a full moon he transformed into an alligator and just killed 20 women. <laughs> yeah. That's a way better story. Yeah. That's your 70s exploitation movie. Right and there. the handyman was the alligator man that bit him to turn him into a were-gator. <laughs> so, a were were <laughs> <laughs> Brennan, we got some friend questions? Uh, I don't know. I don't have my phone. It's there. All right. I got this. Okay. All right. Eventually, I will bring this up. God damn. Where the fuck? This is this doesn't go nearly as smoothly without my iPad. Fill time. Fill time. <laughs> <laughs> That's videosanctum.com. Yeah. No, but when you said Joe Ball, I did I remember that is yeah. that is eaten alive. That's the premise to that movie. Yeah. It's a hotel a, a bar owner that throws people into a pit. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it. All right. Uh Zachary Robbins Ro- Robison asks have you already covered the video game question that i asked zachary you haven't been paying attention of course we have (laughs) (laughs) i don't know what the fuck what is he talking about he he asked a question uh a few episodes ago oh uh, what kind of game would you make if if you could make any type of video game what game would you make rampaging weregator man (laughs) Uh, i'm i'm 100% behind that isn't that altered beast kind of no those guys are good guys we need we need some bad we need a we need video games with bad guys yeah because good guys winning all the time that's kind of that's ridiculous. what gta was well that's true but you're still kind of a good guy i mean no well it depends on who's playing yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some sadistic fucks out there i've seen the youtube it's very creepy eric eddie asks what do you make of this current generation of kids and am i in the right for yelling the, at them to get off my lawn uh, no, that's a dick move, Eric. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a shitty human being. <laughs> you should just be glad that kids are outside. You know, I mean, if they're, yeah. I mean, kids don't. Yeah, I don't think kids go in the lot anymore. Uh. What if they're being attacked by bees, Eric? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you should take care of your bee problem, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> what if they're just investigating the smell coming from behind your house? Ooh. <sighs> could, be, could be dead women. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Gator pit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Benny? What do you think about today's generation of kids? Oh. I try to stay away myself. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The more I focus on this generation of kids, I realize I'm old. <laughs> so so I just try to focus on being as adolescent as I can be, you know. That's a, that's yeah. a good move. There you go. And, uh, Brennan, are you having problems at the skate parks? Uh, 
No, not at all. Nobody's pushing me down, taking <laughs> your skateboard away. No, no. That's good. Uh, CJ Min- Minard asks, Brennan, do you, how do you feel about your chances during the inevitable zombie apocalypse now that you helped six people survive in zombie side Black Plague? Uh, okay, yeah, so a little backstory. Uh, just last night, I went over to CJ's house and we played this board game called Zombie Side, and it's really fun, and apparently I'm very good at it. So, as long as like have you have you changed your uh, opinion on just shooting yourself if that happens? <laughs> well, as long as I can dispose of the zombies with like cards and dice, I'm good. Okay. I'm golden. That makes but, sense. Yeah. Uh, Gabe, same question as in, how do you feel about Brennan's chances? Uh, I'm optimistic. Brennan, as long as his knees don't give out, yeah, that's, he's, yeah. he's, he's going to be able to do some work. That's really the trick, man. I mean, I've already got the skateboarding skill. I mean, that's that's a motor transportation, it's a club, and it's a shield all in one weapon. Unless right? you hit See? a gravel road. Yeah, if, if you hit a pebble, that's going to be the thing that kills me. Just a head injury yeah. rather than zombies. <laughs> <laughs> Benny, do you play any games? Uh, No. No poker, nothing? Uh, well, I play bridge with the in-laws. That's a lot of fun. That's cool. What is bridge like? I, I I'm completely ignorant on that. Uh it's it's I like it. I mean, I just started playing in the last year or two. My father-in-law is in his seventies. He's like a card freak, hmm. and uh, so we partner up, you know, against my wife, her mother, and uh, spend a whole day just raking each other over the coals. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's know. the way to do it. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> shit talk. You know, it's one of those games where it's super fun when you're winning, but you're losing. Yeah. Just you a, just want everybody to shut the hell up. You know? It's just a thing you're going through. <laughs> yeah. It's just a phase. Uh, Nancy Elena asked, ask Travis about the movie Zombie Field. Zombie Zombified. Yeah, that's my partner. Tavis? Tavis? <laughs> what is that? That's not you, is it? Yeah, Benny. Benny Junko. Who's Tavis? That's my alter ego. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay explain that because i've never even heard that name. <laughs> yeah well that's my uh christian name benny junko is my my video tape head oh ah, okay cool yeah that's that's what i damn it i thought i knew you, benny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see no she's asking about zombified that's a, a local zombie flick that i start in what really yeah, yeah back in uh 2009 oh shit i okay. gotta write this down yeah we gotta find that yeah Cool. I play uh, actually play the killer in a Nixon mask. Oh wow! What? And I, I turn people into zombies with a song. Who made this? Uh, Todd Jason Cook. Huh. He wow. actually moved up near Dallas now. He's remarried with a kid, but uh, he lived out in Missouri City. And uh, funny story, they you know I went to their housewarming. I worked with his then wife at the time, and uh, we talked about VHS. He was a big horror collector, VHS collector. Uh, hit it off, and about a week later, they asked me to come out for drinks, and they said, you know, do you want a part in this movie we're going to shoot? Because I'm, I'm a writer, so, like, I initially was trying to get in on some screenwriting, and I'd offered to help out, and I never really thought of being an actor, but he said, uh, he said, we, we, I have this part, you know, this killer, he wears a mask, and I just feel like, you know, you would be a good fit for it, and so I'm like, well, why do you say that? And yeah. <laughs> Both at the same time, they said, well, your eyes, they, they just look like a serial killer's eyes. <laughs> oh, Jesus <God>. Christ. <laughs> Thanks, guys. I'm in. I'm like, I'm not acting. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. But, uh, 
yeah, so that was it. And it, it it was surprising. I'd never been in a movie before, but uh, and we shot I think twelve hours for the first time. And I in my head I thought, well, that's the movie right there. Like we'll be done <laughs> no. in two weeks. That's like tw- yeah, he two edited, three minutes. No, probably. he edited it down. He's like, hey, you want to see the thing we filmed? I was like, yeah, it's fifteen seconds. Holy oh shit! <laughs> it was like two years of of weekends. Wow. Oh my god! Weeknights and wow. That was a lot of fun though. I mean, I had I had a good time. That's awesome. I'm in, I'm in a movie, so awesome. zombified. That's what to check out. I'm going to check that out. Yeah, uh, Laura Darling asks, how old is too old to be French kissing? Too old? <laughs> uh, dude, I ain't putting an age limit on that. Nah. Uh, if you still got it, you know, yeah. you should go for it. If you can still get someone to do it with you. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm down for whatever. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For our 50th anniversary, uh, me and Jess are going to shit on each other. <laughs> Spoiler alert. That escalated very slowly. <laughs> uh Jen Hernandez asks, if you have to live your own life over or if you have if you had to live your life over again, what one thing would you change? Hmm. Benny could have got A V P for ten thousand less. <laughs> uh, gosh, I don't know. I wasn't expecting to get all introspective. <laughs> Well, I don't. I, I wouldn't have had. Jen, I wouldn't have added Jen Hernandez as a friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this podcast really took a dip for about fifteen seconds because of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got, Brennan? Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty okay with the way things turned out. That's that's the way to be. Yeah. What about you, Benny? I'm good. Or Taven, aka Tavis. 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 Yeah, Tavis. Yeah. I'm going to have to write that down. <laughs> no wonder I couldn't find you on, on Facebook. I'm not on Facebook. Man. You're not? No. What? I got off, man, completely. Are you in tr- So you're not running uh, Video Sanctum on there? Yeah. I, I, but through just a, a blank account. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, well, Benny Junko was my, that's my Facebook identity. Uh, it has no picture. I looked it up. I yeah, like, no, I, I deleted the account. Okay, after after death threats, after huh? after early no. Yeah, well, some death threats. <laughs> you snagged threats. AVP for me, you bastard. No, it's like hundreds, <laughs> of, <laughs> it's like hundreds of death threats. My dream is dead. <laughs> no, I you know I don't know. I just I, I got a lot of things I do, and yeah, that's and cool. After November, like Facebook got really insane, and oh yeah, yeah. I'm like I just don't want to be part of this. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm 43, man. I didn't, I didn't grow up with Facebook, so like uh, you're too old to get drafted. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about that. But it's like, damn, I just you know I got other shit to do. Got different shit to worry about. But uh, yeah, you guys should consider. Do you get downtown much? We will now for yeah. Plan Nine. Well, I. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say it's early April. I haven't looked at the calendar, but uh, that's we, we did this one February third. So whatever the first Friday in April, uh, that's probably gonna be it. And I'm really uh, I'm excited. I think I think Devil's Rain might make it into the mix. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. When's the last yeah, time let you us saw know. that? Ten years, probably. Yeah. It's been a while. That's great. Uh, let us know. We'll plug it on the show and and share it if uh, if you don't want it if you want it out. I yeah. Yeah. No. Many- no. How many people does it seat? We got room. Okay. We, yeah, we had plenty. I mean, like I say, oh, you got to bring your own chair. Timing, so well, you no bring problem. your own chair. We're gonna we're we're 
collecting chairs to to have a, a stable of you know we're probably gonna try to get some bean bags and it's a full on relaxed a- atmosphere. Can we bring the? If you want, <laughs> really? you bring that. Yeah, yeah. We had nice. we brought we brought beer, uh, popcorn, drinks. So all you got to do is show up. Cool. And uh, it's two movies, totally free. And it's you know it's in the the dark shadowy part of the warehouse district, so you're not uh, bring a flashlight and a no. Billy, it's well lit. Club. It's well lit. You just you know there's no velvet ropes. Bring your brass knuckles. There's no, there's no velvet <laughs> ropes. You know there's no reserved parking. Uh, but yeah, we had a blast. You know, and, and I mean, uh, my timing is impeccable because, like I said, I did Johnny Firecloud on election night, and then uh, I didn't realize until Wednesday, like it was Super Bowl uh, weekend. You know, when yeah. we were doing it on Friday, so I don't know if that uh, took some people out of the mix. But live yeah. and learn. Uh, we got one more segment. Uh, we did not bring our tinfoil hats, but uh, let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy unexplained shit. Tinfoil tirades brought to you by LoneStarButtons.com. Make your custom button design a reality. Uh, they offer great prices mm. for a lot of shit. Mm. Brennan, you're you're risking headbutts from <laughs> the living incarnation of Wolverine. Bring it. Uh, to get in touch with Lone Star, you can email them at info at LoneStarButtons.com or you can call the Owner, Adam Stimpy Jones at 281-798-1996. Mention the show and get some buttons thrown in for free. Okay. Uh, Tonight's tinfoil tirade (laughs) is a fucking trip and a half. Uh, I don't know if you heard. It's probably news to you. uh, But uh, there's this thing called uh, Ashtar Command. And uh, it was this group of, like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it exactly. They're like a cult. They broke into uh, this British radio show or TV show, and the video for the show kept going. But over the audio was was this guy speaking. It kind of sounded like Gorag, but in a <laughs> in a British accent. And he was talking about how the Earth was like in danger of of being. Uh, destroyed and how humanity should come together to solve all the problems and and to look to uh ashtar uh to be the guiding light and uh because of course they did of course they did. <laughs> self-promotion <laughs> number one priority ashtar.com uh <laughs> ashtar command uh so follow us on twitter <laughs> so, uh, uh so the tv break-in was just a warning uh I don't know if that's the first thing people heard about that or not, but from there, this thing became like a cult, like a people were following the teachings of, of Ashtar and it wasn't even a real thing. Uh, like that's meme culture, man. Basically I'm going to try and explain this because I didn't exactly read everything, <laughs> but it was a, uh, uh, Ashtar command is like an alien race of uh what we think are of as angels and they have a fleet of starships and their second in command is jesus second in command yeah. Holy <laughs> like shit. it's ashtar commander ashtar and then jesus jesus is their writer like, so yeah this, basically number one so this is a scientology offshoot or that's really what it sounds like yeah uh 
sounds a little like the Raelians too. Kind of. I mean, yeah. any any imagery I pulled up was uh, these muscular, blonde, long-haired blonde guys <laughs> in like space jumpsuits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Fabio's and, and behind them is like a giant UFO. So it's so. it's it's basically the Nelson twins. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and Je- Jesus is there. I mean, he's he's right next to him. Of course, uh, he's the only non-blonde. He's the uh, he's just hanging out for the weed. Though. He's he's Not bottle yet. brown. <laughs> uh, so. They claim to be here to help humans. I don't know why I'm quoting. Like I'm not. Uh, they're here to help humans ascend from the physical to the spiritual realm. Yeah, we need it. Yeah. I think. Uh, I mean, isn't that what happens when you die? Yeah. <laughs> why are they trying to rush you into doing it before that? Um, you never know, though. With like guerrilla marketing, this could just be a sci-fi show that's about. This to happened debut. in the seventies. Oh, the, this was the in the TV 70s. The TV break-in was in the 70s. Okay. And then from there, I mean, they had a web presence when the internet was invented. It was wow. like some fucking techno nerds uh, were really into this and created enough content for it to still be around. And uh, So they're still around? They're not. You, you can't, you can read about them, but they, as a... Uh, an entity on the web don't don't they don't exist so they've ascended so yeah, <laughs> basically Maybe so. <laughs> yeah i don't know uh but you can you can read there's fucking wikipedia there's all kinds of articles about it but as as an entity it doesn't exist anymore wow. it's weird and any imagery like if you google ashtar command and you go to images it's it's uh graphs charts paintings of the the aliens and no photographs <laughs> of any real people wow. at all it's it's weird so i wonder if this is related to the urantia book what's that that's uh well it's similar in 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 ways the urantia it's a it's it's i guess you would call it theosophical text madame blavatsky well the book is You're like the book is like this thick and it supposedly its origin it was found in a telephone booth i think in like new oh, york what? city in like the wow. 30s and nobody knows nobody's ever taken credit for it but it's like this massive spiritual text about isn't that how the mormons were created pretty much it's it's the <laughs> same thing found a book. it's the same well they, i mean that's your options right if yeah. you if you if you don't have a creation myth and jesus in the mix right you have to hey, do jesus spontaneous in the mix, you have though, to do so. spontaneous origin you know oh yeah. man it's like uh you just, you just, you just, you know, write your text, drop it off, let somebody discover it, and hopefully it takes off. Craziness. Wow. Uh, I'm just impressed that like this cult ended without like a suicide, you know, like without a mass. Well, it was all, it was all one big hoax. Like somebody hacked a TV station, but and it, then so were, were there made ever, their like, presence on the internet. And were there ever it. like active? There was, so there was never like an active membership or not that I could find. Man, so I mean there, there there was a membership written about, right? But nobody ever claimed to be. Wow, in it. That's or, really interesting. I mean, it's it's. So what was really what was the hack? The <laughs> hack was just to say save the planet. Mm-hmm. Like we're in danger. Yeah, and that's the first time you hear Ashtar Command. Hmm. Ashtar Command. Ashtar Man. Command. I'm gonna I'm gonna create a jumpsuit because that, <laughs> that thing looks uh, very form fitting and probably will hug you in all the right places. <laughs> You've been wanting to create a jumpsuit for a space cult since episode yeah. four. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's just, I don't know. Um, uh, 
that's the way I'm geared up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I just recently got. I watched. Uh, you ever seen Culture Side in California? Uh-uh. That's the documentary about the uh, the Hellbop cult. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Committed suicide. Yeah, they they, their, their ship was hiding behind the asteroid, never going to get called up. Right. Uh, so sad. Yeah, we lost. We lost the. Speaking of that, though, the A-listers of. For 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 Plan Nine, one of the, one of the dream double features I've always wanted to do is uh, have you guys ever seen the Ghana tragedy with the Powers Booth made Mm-mm. for TV? No, about the Jim Jones. Yeah, it's about the Jim Jones. I think I've Powers seen Booth played Jim. Powers Jones? Booth plays Jim Jones. <gasps> I have seen this. Yeah, it, it was released on VHS by VSI in 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 two parts, like two tapes. Yeah. So it's like you know three hours long. Probably one of the greatest TV films I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then shortly after, which, you know, not to beat cinema to death, but like that is another aspect of the 70s that I've always loved is like they don't, there's no polite waiting. Like as soon as you have some tragedy, it's it was the joke in the 80s, like TV movie of the week, like whatever was in the oh, headlines, yeah, like yeah, boom. Right. And then yeah. that's what CSI does now. But like the the exploitation cinema, like they, they didn't wait. Like as soon as the story blew, like they had a movie out in two weeks, whether it was... Right. Truth or false, it doesn't matter. Uh, and there's a, there's a film called Cult of the Damned with uh, I forget the guy's playing Jim Jones, but it's 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 like the guy in a tragedy, but just ratcheted up like a notch, where wow. he's like this cocaine snorting, wow, gun waving, <laughs> like it's just insane. So that sounds great. I'm hoping one of these days that's that's going to be a a double feature, you know, because you just can't get enough cult. Yeah, yeah, in, nice in, in, in films. That needs to happen. That needs to happen. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Benny, that's the end of the show. Uh, do you want to plug your stuff real quick? Uh, yeah, just uh, check us out on Facebook at Video Sanctum. Uh, you can go to the website, videosanctum.com. Uh, if you're interested in Plan 9 and future screenings, sign up for the newsletter and make sure we know that you're from Houston. And we'll, we're going we're gonna to put together a little list of those people and send out some, some promotional stuff for Plan 9. Uh, you know, we're, we're just really starting it. If you're a VHS collector or you're into movie stuff, uh there's a good chance we're, we're probably gonna be giving some stuff away you know just just for the fun of it original artwork uh no original <laughs> artwork not yet you know i can draw you a picture <laughs> I, I can give you some of my I'll, artwork I'll it's not very it. impressive you know it's like is it a cow or a roach i can't tell but <laughs> but uh uh and yeah just uh you know check out the website the website is nothing for sale at the moment but look at the audio video plus archives it'll tell you a little bit about the history uh you know some of the, some of the cool things that that were in Houston nobody knows about. George Takai actually came to Audio Video Plus when they released uh, Star Trek Two on VHS. For oh the no, first shit! Time. My favorite Star Trek. And they 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 uh, they actually built the deck of the Starship Enterprise, and Hulu would sit in his spot, and you could take a photo of you in the captain's chair with Hulu in the ship. Wow. Sulu, dude, come on, <laughs> Sulu. I meant Sulu. sorry, I got I got confused. Hulu. Hulu. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where they get it. Yeah, uh, Brennan, you want to give us uh, social media stuff? Let's see, we're uh, at ROTW Podcast on Twitter, uh, Revenge of the World on Instagram. We have our Facebook page, that's Revenge of the World. We have our website, Revenge of the World.com. Uh, you can also find us on MockingbirdNetwork.com. Go like the Facebook page because we need to do these videos off of there instead of off my feed. Yeah. So, gently go fuck yourselves. 